0: Welcome. Thank you for coming out today. I didn't expect so many people here because it's March break. This is about my story, Grace and Gravity. A fatal, near fatal fall that occurred March 22nd, 2018. Five more days, it will be one year. Those 2.5 seconds changed everything. It's difficult to revisit the trauma. That being said, I'm keeping it light as possible in speech and content, and my goal is to reflect, to encourage, inspire, to challenge, and hopefully to minister to those that have been touched by Trauma, personally, or traumatic events, close or afar. By the time we're finished today, I hope that you're going to have a sense of the presence of God in trauma. All right, slide two, yes. I used to have a very thick Bible, now I have this little thing here. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Is that where I am? Linda Hearn, do you remember giving me this message? Where are you? There, there. You remember coming to the hospital and giving me Psalm 30? I so much appreciate that. That is my life in a nutshell. Where's the slide four? The slides are... Yeah, okay. Uh, Let's go back to um, slide four. Oh, no, that's right, slide four, sorry. (laughs) This is my first PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) On Wednesday, I just figured out how to sort of put a PowerPoint presentation, so I can't quite see that one, so I'm going to turn around a little bit, and I may just stand back and read. That's where I'm having my trouble here. Yeah, so let's finish off that one. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only for a moment. But his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Okay? You can go to the next slide now. All right, now. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The, there's a lot in that verse. Verse. The breath of God, the ruha of God in Genesis. I could have used Ezekiel 37, verse 5, where Ezekiel's looking on the field of bones, and he's, uh, uh, God says, to him, can these live? And wise Ezekiel says, you, only you know, Lord. <laughs> and he caused breath to come into those bones, and you know the rest of the story. They lived. Let's have the next slide. Yes, let's take a breather. I want to tell you, we'll get into my story in just a second, but I want to take a snippet of a particular day that I had in critical care. I don't know how many days it was in, but I was having extreme difficulty with breathing. During my fall, I had punctured my lung, collapsed my lung. And this particular day, I was in extreme agony. I would be fine, and then I would spike to off-the-chart pain and i had already received in that particular hour my allotted medication they couldn't give me any more and they're trying to figure out what was going on but one of the nurses her name was roxy she came over and she put her hands on my chest and she says calm down and just breathe in and out in and out five times. You want to do that? You want to just breathe, everyone? Just take a deep breath and exhale. And and you just keep on doing that while I'm speaking, just, just five times. While she was doing that, I had a sense of the hands of God on her hands. My entire spirit calmed down and the pain dissipated. And every time I got into that distress, I used that exercise, and the pain disappeared without medication. I was extremely happy about that. So breathe. That exercise was a godsend. Okay, slide six. St. Patrick's Day, top of the morning to you, to all the Irish. As you can see, I'm wearing my green. And I was very encouraged the night before last when the Leafs were wearing green and they won. Uh, I don't quite understand what happened last night, <laughs> but uh, let's hope that they, uh, they pick it up. <clears throat> I am the second born of three sons of an Irish immigrant who landed here just after the war. <clears throat> All right, let's get into it. Can you do the slide one again, if you don't mind? Perfect, good, good job. Unfortunately, this day is saddened by the loss of one of our own Irish kinsmen, Michael Ryan. Mick, as his friends knew him, a young Irish engineer that worked with the UN Food Program. Mike perished in the air crash just last Sunday. I am so sorry for the loss of this young life who is doing so much good in the world and I mourn with his family and his friends in that beautiful part of Ireland, County Clare. Amin Ishmael nur Muhammad. I did not know Ali, as his friends called him. However, a dear friend in the office, a colleague of mine, a dear, dear Muslim man, uh, knew him very well. He was a childhood friend. 72 year old Amin was one of the eight Canadi- 18 Canadians who perished on that same flight last Sunday that took the life of Michael Ryan and 157 souls that were lost that day. Do you see how close our world has become and how, how closely it affects our lives and tragedies around the world affect us here at home? I was so sad when Amin told me the, the news. If you are here and you are, and you are touched, uh, or you and your family have been touched by any of these losses in any way, you have my deepest and profound condolences. Trauma that results from accident and that which results at the hands of others, although different, the effects are indistinguishable. Thinking about the Tree of Life Synagogue, I work in an office where there are many Jewish people, 11 people that were killed in that attack. The Toronto van attack. My accountant was down there that day. He was not affected, but he was there. Fifty lives in New Zealand just last week, and we are so sorry for this loss. And the pain that has caused all those families and their loved ones. Today I will be talking about an incident that relates to an accident, my accident. Okay, breathe. I couldn't write it down. I could not write the story down, so I'm going to tell you this story. It almost said, uh, can you go back? My story begins here. It was a normal day. Uh, like any other day, we were clearing some trees off the property, dead trees, dangerous trees. And this particular one was really a concern to me. It was close to the house. And anyway, anything could have happened, someone could have fallen. I've seen them fall just like that. So I was trying to trim this particular one. There was no fault. Accidents happened. In fact, while I was in hospital, there were three other professional arborists that were in the hospital. Some of them with injuries less severe than mine, some with much more severe. And these are licensed arborists. So accidents happen. Next slide. It almost ended here. This actually is our real tombstone. We actually have one because uh, of our son Stephen. Okay. Um, What was the next one? Oh, go back. Yeah, not yet. (laughs) Sorry. So let me tell you about the day. As I started up the tree, I felt something that morning. I haven't told anyone this. Something touched me, never felt that. As I was climbing up the ladder, I felt something touch me. So anyway, I got to the top and I started the cut. This branch was about, I know, like this. It was quite a fairly large limb. I started the cut, everything was going fine. Everything was fantastic. The cut was good, the blade was new, everything was just absolutely fine. And just to finish off, I took my hand off the ladder, just to finish off so the branch would drop off. Saw the branch drop off, everything was fine. Instantly after that, I was in the air, in complete and utter confusion. I did not understand, why am I in the air? Couldn't understand it. Everything was fine, why am I in the air? And then I realized, I'm heading for the ground, I'm going to impact. And I started screaming for all I was worth. I don't know where the chainsaw went. I had a live chainsaw in my hand as I was tumbling toward the earth. It takes 2.5 seconds for a man of my weight to fall from 20 feet. And as I shared before, 20 feet is the height of our ceiling in the auditorium. The ground was semi-frozen, almost like concrete. 2.5 seconds. When I hit the ground, I knew something broke, but I still tried to move. Rick, uh, the fellow next door, he heard me screaming. He came running over. He already had 911 on the phone. The best words he ever said to me is, don't move, buddy. Don't move. Because I wanted to roll over and just get rid of the pain. Don't move. Had I, I was already starting to bleed to death internally. From that moment. What I had done is I had shattered my pelvis into a whole bunch of pieces, completely shattered my pelvis. I had broken um, three ribs, four ribs. One of those ribs had punctured my lung, and my lung had collapsed. I had lacerated my liver. I had lacerated my spleen. I had also fractured a vertebrae. Multiple fractures, multiple trauma. It didn't take long for the uh, paramedics uh, from South Lake or York region, I don't know, and I hope one day I can meet those guys. I think they were just up the road. I think it was 15 minutes, a very long 15 minutes. Strangely enough, I wasn't in complete agony. I must have been in shock or something because I just remember being sore. I don't remember like screaming in pain. But I just remember laying there and wondering, why am I alive? Why am I even alive? The EMS Kim put on the collar, put me on a backboard, took me in the ambulance. After they took me over some rugged ground, that was rough. <laughs> that was really rough. <laughs> that was really rough. They got me in the ambulance and i'm completely conscious which is amazing uh i remember every single thing up until i got to south lake they took me to the hospital I was were going from uh, from the site i'm saying are we there yet are we there yet i was like a kid you know in the front seat are we there yet i really wanted to get to the hospital uh so we got to the hospital I remember them cutting my clothes off, obviously. They had to get at whatever they had to get at. I remember a very, very brief call with Joy and saying, honey, I've really done it this time. I've really done it this time. And after that, it was lights out. I don't remember a thing. I woke up in Sunnybrook five days later. Five days. And when I woke up, I was thinking, oh, I'm all right, I feel fine. (laughs) I felt absolutely fine. And then I thought, something is different. (laughs) And then Joy came over, my lovely wife, she said, you've had an accident and they've done an operation. Seven hours to put plates, pins, screws, I'd love to show you the x-ray, but I am a mod- very modest man. <laughs> there is an amazing amount of steel down there, holding everything together. Absolutely amazing. I am so grateful for the doctors that helped me that day. They were absolutely amazing. It's hard to describe what it's like being under anesthetic for five days. I knew something wasn't right. I would come to a level of consciences at times I knew I wasn't dead, but I knew I wasn't alive. And I know something was really, really different. It's dark there, very dark, very alone. But I want to tell you, by the grace of God, I never felt afraid or terrified, ever, in that place or in that time, never. And I've met others that have been in that same place. Until you've been there, you really don't know. You are so close to heaven and not quite close to life. You're closer to death than you are to life. And they keep you that way on purpose. Thank God. They moved me finally from that, that place to C5 trauma. And I was finally able to, um, well, let me tell you a story about the... I was intubated, ventilated uh, on all sorts of painkillers. You hear about fentanyl, ketamine, which is, you know, these are some very, very powerful drugs, and morph, uh, morphine, and some a whole bunch of other cocktails. The day that they, um, I couldn't speak, I had this tube inside. My hands were tied to the bed, it, uh, so I wouldn't pull things out. Uh, it's everything that you normally do every day, I could not do. They have to do everything for you. The day that they came to extubate, uh, they said, OK, we're going to sit you up, and we're going to remove your tube. I said, okay, that's good. I think this is good. (laughs) I think this is really good. Until you get in that place where it has to happen. It takes everything in your being to be upright and to have them remove the tube. And then they gave you an oxygen mask. I held on to that mask like my life depended upon it. And even at full oxygen, I was only oxygenating 92%. You who are nurses know that's not great, but it's okay. And I hung on to that for like seems an eternity until they put me to sleep that night. Finally they moved me to C5 trauma and I was being able to, medication was being decreased, my cognitive ability was coming back. Those are much better days. No more hallucinations, no more thinking I'm in places that I'm not. I actually thought one day I left my truck running outside the hospital. I thought I had left it running. I called the nurse over, and I said, look, I've left my truck running outside the front door with the door open and the engine running. Someone is going to take it. And she looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) I couldn't even move. I couldn't do anything. But I was certain, absolutely certain, that I had left it there. So I said, can you please allow me to call my wife? Yes. So I called Joy, and I said, honey, Can you tell me where the truck is? It's in the driveway, honey. At home? (laughs) Yes, at home, it's at home. Okay. And then I knew I needed some management of pain. So they gave me a wonderful man, Dr. Wembley Best, South African chap who managed my pain amazingly. When I got up to C5 trauma ward, I was cognitive, alert, and without pain, more or less. There was one night where pain is is quite something to be managed, and they give you a pump. And I remember I was having another difficult night, and I just remember having this pain, and I was pressing this button for all I'm worth saying, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, please, (laughs) you know, please, let the morphine come or whatever it was. And as soon as that green light came on, I says, thank God, (laughs) there it is. And so some difficult, difficult days. Those days are gone. I am without painkillers. I'm walking today. I haven't had painkillers in five, six months now. I don't use them. There have been occasional days where I'll take some Tylenol, but I have no more heavy painkillers. Okay. Next slide. Eventually, I was able to do this. That's me at Trizan Center. I walked a kilometer that day. Walking was great. I walked a kilometer. Almost at speed. Amazing. And then I walked two. And then I walked three. That's Joy. She came with me. Then I walked four. It was absolutely great therapy. But it didn't start that way. In C5 trauma, Bonnie, one of my physiotherapists, came in and said, OK, Mr. McLornan, we're going to get you up today. What do you mean up? Out of the bed and up and walking. I said, you are crazy. So they have this high walker thing, all right? And first, I mean, I can't swing my legs. I can't just pop out of the bed. There's a Hoyer lift. There's all this sort of stuff. They get me into the wheelchair with, I think, three orderlies, with the Hoyer lift stuff underneath ready to go, get me in the chair, and then get me over to this thing. And says, okay, let's stand up. What? (laughs) You know? They help me up into this walker. I walk six steps out the door on this walker. That was it. And I, I said, get me down, sit me back down, I'm going to fall down. And they are all clapping, that's great, that's great, that's fantastic. I says what? <laughs> it was fantastic. The next day, I did 10 steps. Eventually, I did 35. And then I did this, quite a ways down the road. And then, slide 11, please this is my office. It's absolutely amazing. I have been at work now for six months. I've been at work for six months. It's absolutely fantastic. My employer, a wonderful mother-daughter team, have taken over running and overseeing the business after their own loss. Her husband passed away in Israel while he was getting treatment almost four years ago. They have been like a second family to me, let's say my Jewish family, can I say that here, for almost 20 years now. Mister was like a second father. I cannot express to you in words how much I actually miss him and his daily calls. After the accident, the ladies uh, were there from the beginning, and I was able to finally see them in Sunnybrook in C5 trauma recovery. On the very day of my discharge, I was hired full-time in a senior consulting role. Can you believe that? The very day of my discharge from Southlake. I was able to work from home while doing rehab and recovery. I finally returned on-site, September 24th, 2018. It had only been six months since the fall. That is the amazing grace of God. We had grace, gravity and grace, grace and gravity. This is the grace. I will be forever grateful for their kindness. I've been working on site for almost six months. Now and making meaningful contributions, constructive initiatives, trade supervision and saving capital costs where possible and doing things that I've always loved doing. I'm working very hard these days, far in excess of my contracted hourly amount, in order to express my gratitude to them in a very tangible and real way. Slide 12. Okay, now the lessons. Find the good. Don't be bitter. Okay, it happened. Can't change it. You have a choice to make. I had a choice to make. You know that song, God is good? All the time, all the time God is good. Why don't you just say that? That's a great thing to say. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Let's say it again. That's a good thing. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He really is. In trauma, you've got to begin with that premise. You have to begin with that premise that God is good. If you are a child of God, everything that happens to you or around you, your Father in Heaven knows. He cares and His plans for you are eternal, not temporal. Earth time is only a small part of the story. You need to hear that. Are you listening? You need to hear that. And know that His love toward you is unchanged in trauma. By the way, he will help you through. He helped me. He helped Joni Erickson. And he will help Andrew Clark. At first, dreams seem impossible, then improbable, and eventually inevitable. You know who said that? Christopher Reeve, Superman. That's in South Lake Hospital right in the musculoskeletal section. I'll say it again. At first dreams seem impossible, then improbable, and then eventually inevitable. That's a great saying. Okay, slide 14. Oh, okay, That's that's a good one. Thank you. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's really true. Absolutely true. Okay, slide to the next slide. Yes. Finding the meaning. If you can, and learn, and leave the rest to Jesus. Sometimes we need an answer. Look for it by all means. You may find it, but don't be upset if you don't. My brother and I lost our eldest brother, David, in a car crash up in North Bay about 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago actually now, amazing, amazing, that is amazing that has been that long. He was driving to work and had a fatal car crash, he would only been married three months. I lost my mom and my dad. With my dad, I had to make the decision uh, at the hospital whether or not to withdraw his blood pressure medication. And we had decided that, that was the best thing to do. And moments later, he passed away. But God gave me a vision at that time when he did. It's special to me. Losing her son, Stephen was one of the most difficult days of my life. When Joy and I found him, it was extremely difficult, especially under tragic circumstances. And Don, I just want to say, grief share was a godsend to me. If you are suffering with grief and loss, you need to go to grief share. It saved my life. I was not functioning, I just wasn't able to function. It saved my life, being able to share in an open situation like that. Okay, breathe, everyone breathing, everyone still breathing, okay, good. I know it's not easy, it's not easy for me and it can't be easy for you either. I want to tell you about Robert Dobson. I was just at the OBC homecoming. Uh, I am an OBC grad, and Robert Dobson is a distinguished uh, OBC alumnus who received an award uh, for his work across Canada. And he actually was a forerunner for what we know now as the Awanas groups. Okay, Started in Cloverdale Baptist and uh, went across the country after that. He was in a car crash. His mother and his wife were fatally killed. He has had 37 surgeries since that accident. 37 surgeries. He now participates in a number of programs across the country, including helping people deal with loss and grief and tragedy. An amazing man. Faith in the plan that Jesus Christ has for your life will bring continual waves of peace, believe me. Remember Cory Tom Boom and her story about the needlepoint? On the back, the whole thing looks like it's a mess, but turn it over, and it is a masterpiece. How many remember that? Anyone remember that story? Too, too young. You guys are all too young. We can only see the backside of that needlepoint right now, but just wait until God is finished with you. It's going to be a masterpiece. You are going to be a masterpiece. Okay, slide 15. So what about you? Everyone has a story. Remember, Opus says that. Everyone's got a story. You have a story. Discover your gifts. Find your purpose. Realize the power of Christ within you. Make a decision and engage your culture. Genuinely interact with those around you. Use your story. I know you've got a story. I know you do. Next slide. What about NAC? We've been through so much together. Seasons of molding, cleansing, fasting, transforming, redefining, burning the stakes, cell group core structures, claiming, proclaiming, uh, unity of churches, transform people, transforming the world. How many remember all this stuff? We've had quite a journey. Do you remember when David Brandon and a group of people went up to the top of the church up here on Main Street while they had all the scaffolding up there and they want to get to the highest point in the land? And declare across all of Newmarket and the South Lake Region uh, the power of God and uh, pray over it. And I thought, well, that's pretty amazing. We went through we went through all that, and we've shared a lot of pain together. We've shared a lot of loss. We've prayed for a lot of people who have passed away. Byron, that was so fitting last week when um, the moment you shared with us. Yes, we've been through a lot. And we've lost some dear friends. and that trauma affects us. The loss of Kevin just recently has affected us all. But you know what? We have a global outreach now, and we are inviting um, we are inviting the world here. With Pastor Jonathan, there's a gift to us, to him and his family. We are so blessed to have you, brother, and your family. Thank you so much for accepting that call. I can't tell you how personally blessed I am to have you here. So this morning we have a global reach now. We are inviting you, the lost, the broken, the searching, and those this morning, the traumatized, to come to this place and find comfort, to find healing, to find Jesus. And to receive the gift that he promised, the presence of the Almighty in your life, having your sins forgiven and giving you a hope and promise that you will have eternal life based on the finished work of Jesus' own trauma on the cross for your sake. Slide 18. Race and gravity. This was my story. Oh, 17, yeah. And then 18. Let's do 18. Great. It's the last part of Psalm 30. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and you clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. That's my story now. Next slide. (laughs) That's actually an owl, (laughs) not a cat. (laughs) Okay, everyone says it's a cat. But that's actually on a piece of glass that I installed, and I put that owl there so that Bill wouldn't run into it when he came in on Monday morning. <laughs> but I'm still unpacking this gift from God, so many good things. The best thing is the closeness I feel with the Lord. He is right there. He is a breath away. We're going to sing a song, You Are the Air I Breathe. I can say that he is my heir, he is, he really is. And I want to thank each one of you. You have been such a blessing to Joy, Angela, myself, and and my brother Bill. Thank you for your support. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for supporting us financially. Thank you for being there. I thank you so much. I'm still in the process of writing thank you letters to so many and trying to find people and thank them personally, a lot of the doctors. We have a great healthcare system, people who care. So God bless you all. Find your purpose.